Yo, this is the Coach and Cold Podcast. We in the South, we in the West, we in the North. It's an international conversation. It's logical and convincing. And the standards and rules only apply to those that get down in today's society. If you with it, let's get it. Welcome to the Coach and Cold Podcast. This week, a new president will be sworn into office. But the events leading up to this inauguration have been very tense and unusual. Most would say unprecedented. Is this what a peaceful transfer of power looks like? Or isn't that what we should be expecting? Clearly, the answer is no. We have seen insurrection on, a, on our capital, death of capital officer, of a capital officer, and people actually believing in the stop the steal slogan. That the, that the ongoing president, outgoing president of the United States has been repeating and Republican politicians challenging states, elections, systems and electoral college has all been going on. This shit is crazy. When the whole premise of the whole party is less federal government power and more state power. Well, we also are seeing premeditated attempts at violence at Joe Biden's swearing in and general condemnation of our allies and other countries, leading us to all wonder what in the actual bleep is going on. And, you know, you could put as many different words into that bleep as you want to. Um, I have a few choice ones myself, but, uh, you know, for this sake, I'll, I'll leave them out but today we will talk about all the recent events and why people of color are having, again, having an example of disparity of labeling and treatment when it comes to protests. Violence and response to it in America is crazy. I mean, if you've seen it, uh, we've all seen it. Uh, you think about the, the insurrection and how these folks have were, were basically giving the open door to enter the U.S. Capitol when just this summer, we were met um, the Black Lives Matter movements and other movements of people of color and other folks out there were met with serious, serious resistance, serious, serious police presence and serious, serious um, government agencies in place to quell our movements. So let's get into it. So insurrection in the Urban Dictionary is defined as a revolt against legal and government authority in an effort to overthrow the government. Uh, uh, and then it says the president was impeached because it was believed that he encouraged the insurrection. So um, I just wanted to kind of start off with what insurrection means. And I also wanted to play a clip because this this president, as we know, sometimes will deny that he ever said anything um, after he is confronted or held to be accountable for his actions. So I wanted to play this clip of what he said. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. You don't concede when there's theft involved. And I hope Mike is going to do the right thing. I hope so. I hope so. Because if Mike Pence does the right thing, we win the election. All Vice President Pence has to do is send it back to the states to recertify. And we become president and you are the happiest people. That so, is nuts. 
it's nuts because uh, at the time of that speech, if for those of you who don't know, which I, I doubt it's anybody in the world now, at the time of this speech, um, the con- Congress was meeting to certify uh, the Electoral College votes. And um, they had pl- pre-planned a march on Washington is what they were calling it, right? Although mm-hmm. I think that that's disrespectful, but they were calling it a march on Washington where the president spoke, uh, his son spoke, Rudy Giuliani spoke, um, that lady from, I don't even know who she was. I can't remember yeah. her name, but she also spoke and she was also part of the, um, the Republican uh, National Convention. Exactly. Yeah, she's pretty scary. <laughs> I don't even know what her qualifications are, but anyways, um, so at the time, um, those votes were were to be certified. And also, I think what what is important is I don't know the number. I think it was fourteen of the Republicans um, in Congress were going to also at the time state that they believed that. Um, the votes should go back to be recertified at the state level in the uh, swing states in which uh, President Trump had disputed uh, the the count of the votes, uh, even though he had challenged it in in all the courts in in those states. And they had recounted uh, the, the states where it was too close to call over already. And he had lost every single... Um, challenge to uh, his objection, except for one in Pennsylvania, where uh, they did determine that he that his representatives were allowed to go a little closer to view them as they were counting the original vote. That was the only uh, case that he actually won anything um, in in regards to a fraud in this election. But it, nevertheless, uh, the Republicans um, at the time, some of them were going to still accept the electoral college votes, but basically debate on the floor uh, as to uh, whether or not they believed that uh, maybe they should have taken a different state at, uh, step at those states. The interesting part about that, though, that I want to get in there is that those those um, individuals weren't actually representatives from the state in which the states in which were the swing states? They were representatives such as Ted Cruz, who was from Texas, mm-hmm. where um, President Trump had won by a significant amount of votes. So it was interesting to me, and that's that's why I think in the beginning of the topic when you said uh, the Republican Party um, generally stands for. Um, what is like a lack of federal government control and wanting to push the control back to the states because they believe that the states should be able to handle their own matters, right? In this case, they're basically saying that the federal government should get involved because they don't believe the states followed process, which so it's a complete, you know, about face on what they normally say they stand for. Um, but I also think it's it's kind of um, hypocritical for you um, to s- basically object to a state that you don't actually govern over at all. Like you should mind your business, right? Because it's not your state. And how much do you know about it anyway? But anyways, um, at that time, uh, a, a, a riot ensued, right? While they're in there starting their debate on the, on the floor. 
and at the and they broke through the windows. They they uh, defecated and smeared feces oh. uh, within in the the hall of the, the Capitol buildings, the halls of the Capitol buildings. They attacked Capitol police officers. They killed one by hitting him over the head with a fire extinguisher. Right. They chased other officers. One who was um, called a hero because he actually let them chase him up the. Uh, the away stairs from away that. from the the, the, the Senate floors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, also another Capitol Police officer committed suicide a day or so after. So I'm counting him as the death toll because he wouldn't have committed suicide most likely, but for being involved in this particular situation. And then I think there were 53 to 60 other people who were injured one uh, woman from San Diego who was one of the rioters was shot in the neck and died. And there were four other people who died. One died because he actually um, uh, tased himself in his genitals uh, and ended up dying as a result. It's not, a, it's not even joking as a result of that. And then a couple of the other rioters had uh, died. One had died of a heart attack. Uh, I don't know who what one was the trampled. Other the other one, one was trampled. Uh, mm-hmm. A lady was trampled, and I think another guy was also possibly trampled um, under the weight of the uh, the rioters that were uh, storming the Capitol. And it, it was just a, it was, it, you know, I mean, all of us saw it. Obviously, um, that day uh, will all will forever live in infamy for me, um, just because, you know, I've I, I'm a fan of movies like. White House down and, and, you know, those movies with like Gerard Butler and, you know, they say the, I think the one with Jamie Foxx and Chatham Tatum that, you know, they saved the White House and, you know, all this kind of stuff. Like I'm a fan of some of those movies, but to see this actually happen in real life, in real time, um, because obviously with technology and cameras and, and the fact that all of these, you know, the, the majority of these rioters were, self-videoing i mean they were they had their phones and they were streaming every single thing that was happening uh and live streaming each other that you know it was real a real life movie going on at the same time and um and so it was it, it was crazy i i don't think i got any work done that day i think i literally of course you didn't because of course yeah, you just I'm, glued I, yourself I to the tv yeah, and I, yeah. I know how you feel about it but I, this was this was something that that no one has seen. What they say the last time something 18, like this happened was eighteen twelve, eighteen fourteen, fourteen, and the fact that um, and that was a foreign a foreign force. The British, I think, were the yeah. ones that that stormed the capital at that point. And so mm-hmm. this has not happened since then. And to 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 be the the ones who actually did it was who we've been warned about for you know, years and years and years as the most, you know, the FBI just put out and, and these, um, I think the national security had put out, you know, that the, the most dangerous, uh, population in this country are, uh, you know, are white men and white nationalists and white supremacists. And so, you know, them to be the majority and, and not saying that they were all, everybody that, that stormed the Capitol were in those groups, the majority oh, of them were, and they were they were in you know in coordination. They were um, strategic. They were you know they had you know as more and more information comes out, we start to see that they had plans, and we're also starting to see that 
they actually had, you know, there were some tours by some members of Congress the day before, which gave kind of some of the layout and some of the strategic plan added to some of the, so we don't know how that's all going to turn out, but this is, this is, um, you know, this is something that, that in our lifetime, let's just say we've never seen before. And, and obviously for many lifetimes, even before us. So. Yeah, so that that last time the Capitol was stormed was August 24th of 1814 as the War of 1812 raged on. And the invading party was the British troops. They marched to the Capitol and set it on fire. They also set on fire the president's mansion and other local landmarks. But it was part of their war effort. And it was a foreign party, not its own citizens, um, you know, forming an insurrection against their own government. Um, so, uh, pretty disgraceful, uh, you know, our, our allies and other countries, uh, you know, I, I think we're a little ashamed for us because, you know, we always represent ourselves as the leaders of the free world, right. And always are putting ourselves out there as, you know, getting involved in other people's conflicts because of democracy and wanting to free people. And that's what so many of our troops fight for. Yes. Yeah. And then you go and have your own country in this kind of uh, upheaval and unrest. And when you find out there were two newly elected uh, representatives, I believe there were senators, where um, one of them was filming and was part of the crowd and tried to say that he was part of he was recording it for news purposes, which I think is cuckoo. Yeah. And another female, I don't remember her name as well, but she also uh, y- y- has posted and, and tweeted a lot of uh, interesting things about her support of of the the insurrection. Um, but. Obviously, you gave a little bit of your opinion of the Capitol riots, but is there any other opinion you kind of have of like kind of what you saw going on since you were glued to all of the social media? I mean, the media outlets and I was not. I just I heard about it and then I turned on the TV for a bit um, just because I wanted to make sure that we were not having um, an actual um, war of any kind, right? And then I just turned it off. And the funny thing is, is on a previous podcast, we had discussed this and you had asked me whether or not I thought that uh, we were going to enter into some kind of um, pretty much race war, right? In ways. And I said, no, because I believed that more of his followers that were kind of moderate or in the middle or a little bit Republican, but not, um, you know, willing to go there, we're not, we're not going to allow it to happen because they knew what it was going to mean over the long term. I still think I'm correct. And I think we saw that like some of people finally having it with him and kind of separating themselves because they were shameful about kind of how far it's gone. But do you have other thoughts about what you saw? Well, I just I, I, you know, like I said, besides the besides the initial shock and the fact that it was actually happening, I think for, you know, for me, um, there was a couple things that that were kind of blaring one. Uh, and I mentioned it before, you know, the fact that um, this this kind of group of people and the and the level of privilege um, that they displayed was amazing to me. I I think I'm always kind of aware and prepared to see, you know, see privilege displayed on a kind of a daily basis. 
But when you see it on that scale, I mean, to the fact that, you know, uh, many of us, you know, who protested, uh, you know, in the streets for Black Lives Matter, maybe have protested just for the, you know, for, for against um, police brutality and police, you know, and just things that we've we've all um, really faced um, over not only just this past summer, but, you know, my entire life I've I've had you know, involvement, your, your as well have had involvement in um, social justice and, and pushing certain agendas and to, and to see what we've always faced um, with national guard being present with police presence and riot gear with all of these things. And for you to have that many people at a, at a um, save America. I think it was a save America was the, was one of the kind of themes of that protest as well, or that, that event was save America. And, you know, obviously the MAGA group and all of that kind of stuff for all of that to actually be happening. And there not to be any kind of, you know, there for weeks, we knew, you know, those who have been paying attention for weeks, we have heard that they were coming to the Capitol, that they were most that that some of them were going to be armed, that they were going to be in, you know, droves and, in, 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 you know, major numbers. And for there to be that kind of unpreparedness by, you know, whether D.C. Metro Police, whether it be Capitol Police, whether it be, you know, um, any other kind of protecting for them to be able to do that. Um, and not face the resistance um, that we faced, you know, even in small numbers for that to happen. It just amazed me. And well, I mean, let's, let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. So yeah. we didn't see the national guard nope. storm into, to, to the Capitol until, building. Until or, the yeah. For several hours, they were able to roam the halls. Uh, you know, some of them were in Nancy Pelosi's office. A computer was stolen from her office. Yep. A note was written. They stole the podium, her speaker podium. They, uh, you know, were taking all kinds of pictures. It, it was a little bizarre. Very disrespectful. They had zip ties, right, mm -hmm. that they had in their hands. Um, they were. Um, there was a new South they had set up had, a out front. They had a noose that they hung from one of the um, staging areas for the inauguration off of a wood. It was like a wood. Uh, yeah. How um, did they get that up there? First of all, let, let me just ask. Well, like, how um, did they get this whole structure with a whole with a whole? This thing was not small. This whole wooden structure with a noose hanging from it all the way up the Capitol steps. And to sit on the on the I think some of it was already there. They were building like platforms for the inauguration. I think some of it was already there, but they knew it was there, right? So, so they knew how to set it up. And, and drills and 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 no, I, I think what, to, I think the wood part was there and they hung oh, okay. the news from it, is what I'm saying. Oh, okay. But if you saw them, um there's a there's a funny um it's not even a meme, but it's a video of Donkey Kong, the music, and you can right. see the people like I'm climbing up and off. falling off too, mm -hmm. like like in Donkey Kong, right? Um, so, you know, it seems like they were just trying to get in in any way possible, and they were willing to, you know, climb, bust windows, do anything they could. What I find to be quite interesting is that there were two pipe bombs that they found Yes. Um, in two different locations. Molotov which, cocktails. 
Yeah, and in cocktails, there were they had guns. Yep. Um, so here, the thing that I I find strikingly odd, and yes, we're calling it an insurrection, but the the fact that there a lot of people aren't being charged with much more severe crimes than I've seen so far. Um, it is a little bit because I saw I saw um, an article today that said that there were no there was no direct proof that anyone went there to actually harm anyone else. Which black people we could just have a gun in the car we could not want to harm anybody and it's attempted murder right. So mm-hmm. I just find it to be. Uh, super odd and pretty lenient on the part of law enforcement in ways. But I also think that um, more may come later under another administration and and with a little bit more focus and force. Um, But one of the things that I thought was super interesting is in the very beginning, they were referring to these rioters and these insurrectionists as patriots. Patriots, yep. Yeah. And when they referred to Black Lives Matters protesters, they referred to them as terrorists. Yep. So I've never seen more terror. <laughs> Man, come on. Come you know on. what I'm saying? Uh, it was a pretty terrifying. Uh, so I just feel like that was one. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting was in Black Lives Matter protests, there was even a law passed that said if you damage any government yes. landmarks or capital, you know, capital or government owned properties, yep. the, the um, penalty years. for that would be 10 years. Right. And so now I, I, I mean, there, I mean, everybody watched them do it. So I don't understand how I've seen some of the charges be at one year. Yeah. I don't, I, I haven't seen much of that, but I do, I did see an, I did see uh, an article the other day, um, that said that many of the uh, insurrectionists sh- uh, will be or may be um, charged under that under that uh, under Trump's. And, you know, obviously he wrote that in response to Black Lives Matter, but his own people may be getting, uh, you know, getting charged with that at that level. But, yeah, the, the you know, some of the charges I've seen seem like slap on the wrist, you know, in um, being on on federal property. Or, you know, um, you know, basically being where you're not supposed to be. Not, not, nothing, nothing that, that said, you know, that showed any kind of indication where they, where they tore through the windows, where they busted through things, where they, where they, you know, where they, where they rammed through, um, you police know, like barriers. police barriers and, and like none of this stuff is, is I'm seeing in there. Um, and I think that they're going to probably go after some of the, who they think are the leaders the ones that are most seen in in the videos and the and the live streaming that went on, especially that guy. What's the guy with the horns and the you know the the painted face and, and the, the pajama pants? Skin and <laughs> yeah, the one that um, only eats organic food and complained when he oh he's starving himself that he, now. That, yeah, because he because they wouldn't feed him organic food in jail. How many people do we know in jail, and how many people? are complaining that they're not getting organic food so they can't eat. I mean, it's, uh, I'm it's sure, the level I'm of sure privilege they, is ridiculous. I'm sure they complain. It doesn't mean that anything's going to be done about it. Right, so right, 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 right. Uh, if he wants to starve himself to death, I mean, the thing is, is that don't be daddy big draws, right? And try to <laughs> go through right. the, the, the capital, yeah. like you're all that in a bag of chips with your rifles and your guns and your zip ties. And then when you get held, uh, 
accountable or responsible for your actions. Like they were dragging them off planes. I don't know if you had seen some of this, some of the ladies who participated were being arrested at airports. um, And they were, uh, you know, laying on the ground, uh, screaming and crying and, just acting super crazy. You're calling, they're calling me terrorists. I can't believe that this is happening to me. I got pepper sprayed. I can't believe all this. Their children were being separated from them. And I just wanted to be like, okay, how come when Black Lives Matter, I mean, we, we, we're we ending up getting shot and killed and our children are being taken away. You're, you're disturbing people in their sleep and you're shooting through their houses and all of that. And when... And when that is the issue, what you hear from the same people is what did you do to deserve that? Mm. Right? Like, what did you do? Was this a drug house? Whatever it is, it just seems like when the table is turned and you wanted to be all, you know, stop the steal and you wanted to be all crazy and you wanted to go against the government, government, when you're being held accountable to these laws or whatnot, you're acting like big old, babies and I hope that they get prosecuted to the full extent of the law and that they end up in jail and they they learn they they become about that life because they're gonna learn, they're gonna learn pretty quick that that privilege that they have um isn't so you know good you know it isn't so it's it, your life was pretty easy and you probably should have just not participated in this type of behavior. So we heard, we heard, and you played a little while ago, what, um, what, you know, kind of was the catalyst or sparked, uh, you know, like that got people lit to go, to go and, you know, that lit the fire for people to, you know, from the protest. Cause initially, right. They, they started this, they had this, this major protest. Um, you know, Trump said that there were hundreds of thousands I would say that there's a, there were at least tens of thousands there. And uh, and it was a thick crowd. I mean, from every camera angle that I saw it, it was a huge crowd. And I'll, so I'll give give that um, some credence. But the bottom line is it was a protest at that point. It wasn't until he said and others um, that you mentioned, Giuliani and and John uh, or um, Don Jr. and other folks um, said and basically gave the charge to go to the Capitol, to march down to the Capitol, um, that people started to head down there and actually make this happen. So, Well, those were the Proud Boys that he told to, to stand back yeah, and stand by. Absolutely. And, you know, everybody else who, who you know, QAnon and, and all these other folks who, who believe in the conspiracy theory that had been pumped through the airways and pumped into their, into their systems, um, for, you know, for month, for at least two months, um, that this election was stolen, that there was fraud that was, and, and you mentioned already, none of that was true. All of those lies. And, and except for the one issue, I think that you said came by that, that had some ground, some grounds of truth, but that one even didn't have anything that was significant enough to to overturn or even to bring to bear a, a you know recount or anything else. And this thing went all the way to the Supreme Court, which finally said, this is ridiculous. We're not even going to hear this. And it's a wrap. So, you know. Wait, but, about- but I think it's important to say mm-hmm. that there were recounts done. Right. There the were. States where, in the states oh, where I live in Georgia. the state Georgia had- law. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. So the state, if the state law or the secretary of state had set parameters for close elections, and if they were pretty close, they do recounts. And just so we're all clear, in the past, in every election, when they have performed recounts, they have sometimes discovered within a thousand votes, additional votes. So when it's super close, they have discovered that when they recount, that they will find a couple of hundred votes up to a thousand votes at the maximum right. to that, that would count. However, when the margin of loss is hundreds of thousands or 50,000 or 80,000, they have never in past elections found that recounting has caused the result to be different. So I think one of the other things that got a little bit, you know, brushed under the the rug is that he kept claiming fraud, but when they brought the cases in front of the courts, they never actually claimed fraud. They can't claimed all kinds of other things uh, they they blame the the computer systems, the way the votes were counted. We weren't close enough to see, but they never actually claim fraud. But he keeps touting that there was fraud, but none of the cases that they brought actually showed fraud. It just tried to it, um, ins- insinuate that there was fraud by bringing another claim, which is why a lot of it was baseless and ended up getting dismissed because there was no actual evidence that was backing up what they had claimed. And so therefore a dismissal is not the same as being tried. And then there was a finding a dismissal means that you didn't have enough evidence to even hear the case or bring the case. So it gets dismissed because no judge wants to hear it. And so I think that's what I'm a little disappointed even in, and I know people won't want to hear me say this, even in the Republicans that wanted to challenge it because some of them were lawyers and they know better than that. They took evidence like everybody else. You know that if there's not enough evidence to bring a case in front of a court, it gets dismissed. So the fact that you're going to even get up to form your mouth to say any of this. Now, the thing I wanted to get to earlier is that a lot, including uh, Miss Leffler, right? Kelly Leffler, a lot of those folks who were going to challenge and debate on the floor, decided after the Capitol riots to re- to, to to retract it, right? Mm-hmm. And and decide to speak out against what they saw as insurrection against the country. And I'm going to give credit where credit's due because Mitt Romney got up there and he gave the most scathing rebuke of this president, although he's never really been his fan. And a lot of times when he felt something was wrong, he voted against his colleagues and for what he thought was right. But he was, he basically told his colleagues that they should be embarrassed that they have supported this narcissist for this long. And this is the result of doing something like that and not being true and honest to what you know is right. And I really, I really liked what he had to say because he was kind of saying, shame on you. And this is what we get for not doing what was right and not following the oath that you took to protect the people that you're representing. So big ups to Mitt Romney. Yeah. And I, and I I thought he, yeah. And I think Mitt Romney, um, you know, since you mentioned him, he, he's actually kind of been on the right side of this whole thing from, you know, from the beginning. Actually, I think he was one of the only Republicans that voted uh, for impeachment on the first impeachment. Yes. Well, so he's been around 
this situation. And, and, you know, I think his conscience and his belief in God and whatever drives him um, and his probably lack of fear of Trump, which, you know, he seems to be one of the only ones who don't fear Trump, uh, Trump's, um, you know, backlash on uh, in his uh, his world in Utah. I guess he's he's protected or something. I don't know. But um, but, yeah, he's he's held his his ground um, in that. And he said, Andy also said, I ran for president and I lost and it sucked. Yeah. But I still didn't behave yep. this way when yep. I lost. Right. I wasn't a sore loser. I accepted the outcome. The people voted and I had to accept what the people voted for. And that's why I thought he was extra powerful because he was like, there is no amount of excuses that you can give to this individual because I've been in his shoes. Yeah. And just frankly, he lost the election and we need to move on. The sad part about that, though, is that is that as you know, as as much credit as we want to give him, he either didn't have much power or didn't have much influence on the rest of his party. Um, he was kind of an outlier and, and said what he had to say and, and made sure that his point was was given. But, you know, he didn't move. Uh, Mitch McConnell. He didn't move Lindsey Graham. He didn't move Ted Cruz. He didn't move anybody else to move into the into that kind of realm that he was living in that he felt was that he needed to express. And and so therefore, you know, I, I give him his credit but- being one of the sole. Uh, Republicans to speak out a, against the madness, but at the same time, he ain't he ain't pushed no. He ain't, well, he wait, wait, let's go there. Alone. So he is going to be on the right side of history. That's okay. one, yeah. right? And a lone ranger. Yeah. Secondly, Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham were also going up for re-election, so they were in an election cycle, which means that they recognized that Trump's supporters were loud and proud. In the in in the states in which they represent, do I think they that that's soul. they sold their soul basically? Well, they've been oh, selling oh. their soul, yeah. but chickens always come back to roost, right? And this is exactly what you saw in the end, where now that he was twelve days from leaving office, they're starting to change their tune, denounce him. Although Lin- Lindsey Graham seems to be kind of on the fence. He, he denounced him a little bit, but he kind of right. is still play- right. Mitch McConnell has He's taken a straight play golf with him tomorrow. Lindsay I don't know, Lindsay. but M- M- Mitch McConnell seemed to have a little bit stronger of a position. That's one. He had lost his, he's not the majority of the Senate. He's not the speaker anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and also, uh, or the majority leader, the whip right. or whatever you call it. Majority. And, yep. and he lost that. And his wife, worked for President Trump in his cabinet as the Secretary of Transportation. So she resigned. So it's kind of hard to talk trash about your wife's boss, if you get what I'm saying, right? So I I feel like he he played his political cards, but at the same time sold his soul. Yeah, no, he sold his soul a long time ago. I think he was backed into a corner. And like you said, him, Pence, the rest of them, they are hoping to continue to have some kind of a political career after the Trumpism is is passed. And so, yes, they you know, I, I think that they ran into a wall. I think they, they realized that, you know, this is the most unacceptable. I cannot go any further with this guy because he just literally told folks to come and storm the Capitol, which they did. People got killed. 
and and they literally were coming to either either kidnap or assassinate destroy the or destroy the, the house the, uh, yeah. Nancy Pelosi and they were talking about killing and hanging Mike Pence so I mean let's well let's, let's talk about that so Mike Pence separated they said that he hasn't been talking to Trump for months a couple of months yeah. that he stated that he was not going to go against certifying the votes, right? right that right. he was going to do it. And he also Trump came, want to do the 25th Amendment, which he was requested to do. Well, I get why he didn't do that. But but here's the he, and we can get into yeah. what those are. But but I do think that he knew that the heat was going to be on his butt sure. after he decided to separate from the Trumpsters, mm-hmm. the Trumpsters. And basically take a stand and go along because there was no fraud, go along with the outcome of that election and allow the the constitution and the political process to to do what it's supposed to do. Right. Okay. So let's let's talk about it. So what we found out this week is that President Trump is the only sitting president in history to be impeached a second time. That's right. But before this, uh they, like you spoke of, they were going to invoke or they were talking about invoking the 25th Amendment. And that was the day that the the Capitol uh, insurrection occurred. The 25th Amendment, um, it was only 12 days before he was supposed to leave office, right? Uh, but Section 4 of the 25th Amendment allows for the removal from office a president who is unable to discharge the powers or duties of the office. Right. And so they asked Pence to declare Trump pretty much crazy, right? Yep. And not being able to be a, a, a president any longer. I just want to mention that that has only been used in f- before, such as when um, uh, John F. Kennedy was shot, they had to use it because he was incapacitated and obviously could not right. you know, be a president. Or it, they've only used it in those, those type of times where- Judges, I think that that, that has been- the- um, there's been a couple of judges throughout history that that's been actually used on uh, to remove mm-hmm. them from office. Yes, but not in the case of not, not in a president other than Kennedy. Right. 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 So. So the thing is, is that do you think that that's the reason why Pence didn't invoke the 25th Amendment? Or what do you think? What do you think the reason is? Because Pence, they're saying, has not talked to him and is not talking to the president. Yeah. They have been separated. He he d- denounced his actions. I heard that they begged him to basically ask for um, the National Guard or some other kind of help to the cap uh, to the Capitol, and that th- that he also basically ple- they pleaded with him Let's to block. do what was right. Mm-hmm. So I think um, what I think about Pence. Um, besides my, my, you know, the, the first thing that comes to my mind and makes me laugh is the fly that was on his head during the, the debates, but <laughs> no, God, oh gosh. <laughs> but, uh, when I think about him, I think that he, you know, I think he's pretty spineless to be honest with you. And I'm, and I'm, you know, I won't, I won't mince words on that. I think he's pretty spineless. I think that he, you know, I think he, he has rode, ridden 
this uh, the coattail and been on on this Trump train for all the way up until January 6th. As a matter of fact, I think on January 6th or, or the day before January 6th, maybe the 5th or the 4th, he had, he spoke and said that we're going to stop the steal and we're going to do this and we're going to stand up against, you know, the, the left. And we're going to. So he, he wrote it all the way as far as he could write it. And then, you know, he got to the point where he just couldn't write it anymore. Um, I also understand that he, you know, he being the the uh, head of the coronavirus task force hadn't done a coronavirus, um, you know, briefing or been involved in the coronavirus meetings for months. So, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, you know, I think he kind of he slipped in on the coattail of Trump, became vice president, rode out the, the, the company line for as long as he could. And it got to the point where he and his family were actually in danger on January 6th. As a matter of fact, from what I understand, he they were they were minutes away from uh, the insurrection is when they broke into the Capitol. They were literally 60 seconds or a minute or two away from catching him and his family before they they Secret Service was able to rush him out of the building. So they were coming for him. And I think that he just is to the point where he's like, you know, well, you know, I, I I'm not going to do that because he has the power to remove Trump from office right now. He won't. Be. Yeah, but but to me, here here's the thing. Honestly, I didn't know that that was the proper way to go about it. I do think that he is a very dangerous individual. I think that he's lost his ever loving mind. Although I've always believed he's a, a narcissist and is going to do what's best for him. I, I think people need to really understand, and I've said this in other podcasts we've done, is that. If it's going to be him or you, it's going to be you. He will let you fall on the sword, kill yourself, uh, go to jail, um, lose your licenses. He does not give two craps. He will use you and use you up for his purposes. And once he doesn't need to use you anymore, you are like discarded trash. And he's done it to his personal lawyers. He's done it to people like when the first impeachment and it was closing in around him, he, he, although he pardoned some of them, he allowed all those people to fall on the, fall on the sword and basically take the, um, the responsibility for things he probably directed them to do. And I think you reap what you sow. And I think something's going to happen to him. Uh, as a matter of fact, when when you do those kind of things, I think karma will you know come and catch up with you in some way, shape, or form. That's just what I feel. Um, but I think that these Trumpsters need to be awake and aware that he didn't care about what's going to happen to you if you're going to end up in jail, if you're going to be away from your families, nope. if your kids were going to have to go into the system because he led you to this moment. I mean, take your own accountability for it, but he doesn't care. Well, that's funny like you, is that you, 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 and, and what you're saying is absolutely true. And the fact is, is that what's funny to me as I listen to uh, the rest of that speech, you, you played an excerpt of it earlier, but the rest of that speech, he was saying, and I'll be there with you. Where was he? Yes. He went back into the White House yeah. and started watching TV. And, they kicked said. It, and kicked it, kicked his feet up, took his shoes off and watched the whole thing go down. As a matter of fact, while the while the the whole you know protest and the and the speeches and the event was happening, we've seen video of him and and 
and Don Jr. and all them live streaming and listening to music and dancing and having a ball. Like this was like this was almost like this was a game like this was a you know, while you have all these raving mad people out in the crowd literally armed up in 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 body protection and helmets and shields and you know flags and sticks and bats and all of these things pipes i think one of the one of the police officers reported that they had pipes and and all of these things and the all these people are like raving and raving and raving and you guys are kicking it back there and behind the tent like this is awesome yeah, but you know what? It, again, I think karma's going to come back to get them, and I hope that it does if if you don't care about other people. I mean, now I, I'm going to bring up the lady, although, you know, uh, the, the, the lady who was from San Diego who was shot in the neck, the first one that they carried out, um, she was a, a veteran, right? Oh, um, yeah, and she uh, had been very active on social media, um, was a, a Trump supporter, a, a pretty loud and proud one. And, and basically it stated that she was going to come and do this. I don't think that she thought she was going to get shot in the neck and, and die. And then I've also seen people like defend the fact that she served the country uh, in her, in her role in the air force. Here's the thing, guys, I appreciate her service mm. when she was serving the com- country. However, in this moment, she wasn't serving the company country and she became a terrorist. Yeah. And there have been many people in history who have in one way served and then in another way had PTSD or have come back or, you know, shot up a, b- a bunch of people or acted crazy. And then they become exactly what they are. You don't stay forever in the golden light of your service if you behave like a lunatic later on. So I don't think anyone should have died, but I do think when you participate in this type of violence and this type of, you know, like I said, bat daddy, big draws type of behavior where you really think you're going to do something, you've got to be prepared to die for it. And she did. And that's unfortunate, but I wish uh, people would really look at this for what it is. And if you think you're going to come out on the 20th and behave similarly, you could die. Yes. Right. And, 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 you know, we, we talked a little bit about the double standard before, and I, I just want to mention, you know, when we, when they talk about, you know, these, these, because many of those people were ex-military, many of those people were, were even law enforcement. Some of them were current military and current law enforcement. That's Some what, of them were capital police officers, right? Some of them were capital police thing. officers or Virginia police. I think there's two Virginia police officers that were just fired or arrested. Um, so, so, so many of them were, you know, either former or active military and law enforcement. Now, listen, the bottom line is, you know, yes, I, I agree with you. You know, thank you for her service to the military. But she was a terrorist on that day. And if she wouldn't have jumped through that window that was busted through, that was barricaded in those barricaded doors, then she wouldn't have got shot in the neck and she wouldn't have died. And and they the, the Secret Service told them to not yeah. they begged them to not come through that door and not to come through that window. And she did, she, she, with a Trump flag tied around her neck, she jumped through that, that window and she got shot. Now let's go back to how, how people are, how, how the double standard is with, with how we feel about our 
veterans, right? Geronimo Pratt was a was was a veteran. Yeah. Right. He was sentenced to 27 years in prison unjustly mm-hmm. without any evidence. Yeah. Falsely accused and spent that time in jail. He was a veteran. Nobody cared about him being a veteran. There's many, many, many. I can you know, we can go down a list of a thousand names from the Black Panther Party or from from other, you know, um, Black liberation movements and other movements and other other uh, people of color. Any other from, person of color. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter if you're black or brown or Come even on. yellow. Come on. It does not matter because your life, what they're telling you, it does not valued the same. It's just they completely put it on display. I'm not thankful for what happened at the Capitol, but what I am thankful for is the clear undisputed shut those people up on social media message that it did send to stop talking all this junk about people and blue lives matter. Where's blue lives matter now? I don't see any blue lives matter. Now one of the officers that, that were interviewed Falcone or whatever, whatever his name was, that was, that that's a hero that was interviewed that got beaten. He got beat with a thin blue line, flagpole a yeah. flagpole that had a thin blue line flag on it and that's supposed to be the symbol of blue lives matter so you're right they didn't they but come on man they didn't care about that okay so yes so i i think it's double standards and so people who listen to this 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 podcast the thing is is that wake up and smell yeah. the coffee there are double oh, standards yeah. there are racism and there is a value to life that is placed separately on white life versus any other person of color's life. And history has repeatedly taught those lessons to us over and over again. So there, it's undisputable. It just put it on display front in this particular in front and center for us, you know, to see that that. When it comes to us, we're terrorists. When it comes to them, they're patriots. When they're busting through the Capitol building with zip ties and smearing feces on the wall, I'm not hearing a lot of you guys echoing how disgusted you are. I just hear you being quiet, but I don't hear the Blue Lives Matter or the or what did they do to deserve this type of conversation or any of the the stuff you like to say every time. What about the treasonous Confederate flag that had never, ever, ever in the history since the Civil War, well, never in the history of America. But what are you talking about? In in the, I'm saying it it was in and flown inside the capital of the United States. But but listen, you can't even bring that up because that is a symbol. When you bring that up to people, especially in the Deep South, as you know, they say, well, my grandfather was in the – and so they they make it okay that somebody related to them behaved in a certain way and that that f- flag symbolizes their legacy or their history rather than talking about it for what it actually represents, right? Mm-hmm. You've seen it over and – right. So here's the thing. It's like – Everyone just needs to get off their little high horse and really look at it for what it is and stop coming so crazy at people who are trying to say to you, we're not treated the same. It's not fair. The justice system does not 
carry the same weight for someone who has privilege that it does for someone who doesn't have privilege. Let's stop the bull crap and really talk about it for what it is going forward, because this is proving to you right now that if this hasn't happened since 1814, and it's happening now, and we're trying to make excuses. He's still in office because we didn't invoke the 25th Amendment. We've put him impeachment. Now 10 Republicans have joined on to this impeachment effort, although it will not come to the conclusion because the Senate does not come back to the uh, back to work. They've been uh, there. They've been um, uh, on recess until the 19th, the day before inauguration. So this. This impeachment, this, this conviction, they can still convict him and they can still bar him from being able to serve after, uh, again, another term in the future that's still available to them. But most of the time, there's only been one other time in history where it could have went that way, but then Nixon, Nixon resigned, right? right Nixon right. resigned and it didn't end up going all the way through. But it's just, it's just interesting. But- one other thing I wanted to bring up, Akil, and then you can get in on all of what I said, is that there's the, the 14th Amendment, Section 3. This has been brought up in this same type of conversation about what can we do about this. Right. So three years after the Civil War, this amendment was ratified, specifically applied to those who had been so sworn an oath to support the federal constitution and then take part in an insurrection or rebellion against the United States and give aid or comfort to American enemies. This section would allow them to basically decide Congress has the right. There, also, there's a section five, which kind of gives Congress the right to decide whether or not President Trump will get stripped of all of his uh, uh aid that comes uh, as a benefit of being a former president, including um, travel. I think there's a, uh, $250,000, I think a year for life, uh, the travel, the, Secret service. Service, the, the, you know, all of just the kind of the prestige and it almost will be like he never was president. And, um, and, and that is, you know, I think that that has to be the punishment for what has happened in the last four years and definitely what happened on January 6th and, and since then. So I, I, you know, I, I, I'm with you. I think that, um, so they, as you said, so they will be coming back on the 19th. The inauguration is on the 20th, but they, so they won't be able to remove him from office, but they will be able to prevent him from ever holding office again and potentially stripping him from all rights and, and privileges of a former president, which has to happen. And to me, those are the only things that that will satisfy, um, you know, those of us who believe that he was responsible for what happened on January 6th and responsible for many, many other uh, things that have happened since then or, or even before that. Do you think that other Trump supporters are ashamed of the actions of those involved? It's really interesting. You know, I I. I I know, um, you know, to be transparent, I know some Trump supporters that I've had you know, that live in, <laughs> that live in my. Well, they're going to be like, like I like you're admitting to something. Just because like, it's, most it's, of, it's most of us know. Sometimes. But it, the the bottom line is that I live in a neighborhood. I live in you know I live in a state. Obviously, that until you know January fifth 
was historically a red state and the neighborhood who, who was is very heavily Republican. I mean, I would drive home every day during during the campaign and see Trump flags and Trump signs and Trump this and Trump that and, you know, and, and any Republican um, going forward. So. So, yes. So I think there are you know, I think that there are some decent people. I, I, I want to you know, because I I want to be fair enough to say that I think that there are some decent people that have supported the Republican Party, I should say, and by default have support have, have supported Trump. I also think that there's some 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 people who um, some decent people who have literally or legitimately supported Trump himself because they thought that you know maybe they you know his his business acumen would you know move the country forward or his you know his his law and order stance would you know support police they may have police officers and and, and law enforcement in their family and you know some of these things but i think as things have gone um you know on and on throughout the four years i think that yes i think to your question i think that some of them are embarrassed i think some of them are um you know, uh, these are probably those that who are not blindly just following, you know, him and, and just feel like he's everything he says is right and, and true. Um, I think they see the lies. I think they see the deceit. I think they see the fact that, like you said earlier, that, you know, everybody around him. I mean, if you look at the statistics, how many people have been indicted and are in jail that were that were part of Trump's you know, whole camp from, from, you know, campaign to today, you know, I think that they've seen all of that. Um, I think that, think unfortunately, that they... people are, I think unfortunately people are, 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 you know, they're loyalists to a fault at times and they're loyalists to a fault, not only to Trump, but even more the Republican party. But do you think that at this point they see now that by excuse excusing his treatment of women, excusing the first impeachment, excusing some of the lies and deceit that they've seen throughout the presidency. Do you think that at this point they feel like potentially they should have opened their eyes earlier? Or do you think that they just feel like at this point he's gone too far? I think that at this point it's gone too far. And I think that, that they, I think that they allowed or forgave or 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 let go the fact that he has 20 some cases right now pending of sexual assault that he has you know one of those cases being of a 13 year old girl for you know of of all of these things you know all the lies all the 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 you know narcissist um, movements and everything that he's done. Yes. I think that they've let all of that stuff go. Oh, it's, you know, this, or, Oh, it's that, or, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, you know, yeah, that's true, but you know, he's, he's, you know, doing this and they believe, you know, a lot of the things that he does say. So they believe that, you know, he did the most for black people that any president is, you know, in in the history of America, except for Abraham Lincoln, they believe that he's, you know, whether they care about that or not, I don't know. But whether he, you know, he's 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 the reason why we had the best or the 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 most, um, you know, the highest economic gain, you know, in, in economy, the, the the highest level. But he's also the reason for the most jobs lost, exactly. and now he's the reason exactly. for the lowest. Uh, economy and in a in a stall in economic growth so i'm wondering if they're also 
going to see it that way as well. What, regardless of whether the coronavirus exists, other countries handled it a lot better than we did. And therefore, some of the economic downfall we're experiencing is of our own doing. Well, see, that was but but if we if we think about it and I know that coronavirus, we've had our another uh, podcast on that and we can go into a whole nother thing about that. But I will say just about that, that they may, you know, the fact that Trump never, never installed or implemented a national plan was on purpose so that he could put all of the blame on the states for everything that went wrong. And so those who support him will say, well, it was the state's fault, you know? And so that, so, so all we're the United States of America. Exactly. I agree. I agree. But you know, his whole plan is not me. He said it. How, how many couple months ago, two, three months ago, the fact that he takes no responsibility for at that time, I think we were at 200 and something thousand deaths. You know, so I mean, it, it you know, it, that's that's just the way he rocks. And, and we know I think that the Republican Party, though, before we get off of just that is, you know, when you talk about those who support him and those who I know. I think that they can't wait for him to get out of office. I think that they hope that he goes away quietly. And the only way that he's not going to go away quietly is if and he won't go away quietly for the sake of that word. But I say the only way that we won't have to deal with him, um, at least in office, is if we if if his his rights are stripped and he is he is, you know, not able to ever hold office again, that he is, uh, you know, disbarred or whatever it's called, that he can never, ever hold office. Disqualified. Yeah, yeah. he's disqualified. OK, so the last question I have, because we got to wrap this this situation up is yeah, go all day on this right after um, this occurred and he had. Um, been been able to tweet, a lot of the social media platforms ended up finally shutting down permanently his accounts and not allowing him to speak anymore uh, in the ways that he'd been speaking because he referred to the Capitol uh, insurrection and and the rioters as very fine people and very good people. And he said that he loved them initially. Then he came out a couple of days and denounced them on national TV. But they basically Twitter uh, banned him for life at this point. Um, And then other social media platforms followed. Mm -hmm. Then there was a conservative platform um, called Parler, which ended up then getting defunded or uh, lost. Stripped them. Yeah, lost a lot of their contracts. Now. The question is, and we can't go long on this because I know this is probably a big big one at the end, <laughs> but the question is, is whether or not you think that um, the fact that they have banned him on all of these platforms where he was able to say whatever he wanted to say um, is a, a, a violation of the freedom of speech, or do you think that what they did is right because I've seen debates on both sides and I've also seen people, black people debate about it as well and not necessarily come out on, uh, on the side that I think you should, but, but anyways, um, for you, what is your opinion? of that? I think you'll find this interesting just because, um, I've always been so, so I do understand I do understand the purpose or the the thinking behind banning him. 
um, to basically cut off his microphone, right? Because um, we saw, you know, he has his, his voice has power, his his direction has power, and there are you know numerous, um, you know, hundreds of thousands. Well, let's just say it straight: seventy four million people voted, seventy five million people voted for Trump. So that he has an influence across, you know, that huge span of people. Okay. So I do understand what they're trying to accomplish. I'm not sure if they'll get there, but I also say this, I've always been, uh, it's always been my thinking that I'd prefer you to wear your hood. Right. And for those of those of us who know what I mean by that is that if you are a racist if you are a misogynist, if you are a xenophobe, if you are any of these things that are detrimental to you know the general population, definitely those who I care and love about, uh, love and care about, then I'd rather you show your face. So as much yeah, but we as, already know he he wears a hood. So I, I get it. I get it. But, I, but but you know the thing about Trump is that he's such a narcissist that he would he would telegraph his moves. You know, so he would say, "Hey." We're going to go and do this on January 6th. We knew that yeah, would happen. Hey, we're going, hey, you know, we we think that this this is this is a steal. So we're going to do this. Like I'd rather him have the have the platform to let us know what he's moving. What I fear is that he's going to have that same influence and we're not going to know what he's saying and we're not going to know what he's doing behind closed doors. Because he's he's, you know, but he's still going to be doing it. So, like I said, I always preferred a Klansman to wear his hood and his and his outfit in out in broad daylight. So I know who he is as opposed to him, you know, being able to hide in the in the shadows and and make, you know, make these proclamations and do all these things. So. Okay, I'm going to go real quick because you already took five minutes for that answer. And we said we got to wrap it up. (laughs) That's right. So here's the thing is, is I do think that, um, yes, I think that it's very important to protect the freedom of speech because I do think that there's some indications that this could expand beyond just not liking what Trump has to say. However, and so there's implications of that. And there's also implications of just outright um, shaping and forming people's minds by being able to control what they're exposed to. So that's a little dangerous to me. However, I do think that social media and his influence will be quelled or quelled or whatever, especially if he can't get on mainstream TV and he's also not able to be mainstream on social media. I don't think his influence is going to span as wide as he's had the opportunity for it to span at this point, because I think that people in general are sheep and they, they're consumers. And so they're just going to consume what is readily out there and believe what's going on, especially when you hear some of Trevor Noah's um, funny skits where they go out and ask Trumpers if they read the Constitution or did they read the, the, the Mueller report. And their answer always is no, but they heard a snapshot on social media, conservative media. So that's one. Number two, I do think that social media outlets and companies have a responsibility to not allow misinformation to go into the public because of the very reasons I just stated. So I do, although I do think it's 
dangerous censorship to cut off people's First Amendment right to free speech. I also think that it's important that there are some mechanisms of regulation that I think that we've just uh, in the last several years, as I've said before, have just been kind of dismantled and nobody really cares anymore. Now everybody can say that their opinion is fact. I think that it needs to be labeled that this is an opinion or this isn't real. And and the social media companies do have responsibility. uh, And and here's the last thing I'm going to say about it. Social media companies are private companies. They can refuse service to anyone. The same way is if you walk into a restaurant or you walk into a grocery store and you're not wearing shirt or shoes and they can refuse service to you. It is a private company or a mask. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. It's a private company. They have no obligation to allow everybody to be a member of that company, whether you want it to be or not. And and that's, I, I think also people miss that point. If they don't want him to be on their platforms, it's a private company and they can refuse service to him. Period. So people need to get over, like people have a right to do whatever they want because they want to do it. No, you don't have a right to do everything you want just because you want to do it. Now, if it's a government-ran program, maybe there's a different argument Mm -hmm. there, right? But in this case, none of those social media platforms are run by the government, nor are they funded by the government on the surface, right? So therefore he does not have the right to say whatever he wants and incite violence or cause other people to get hurt or harmed or spray anything he thinks off the top of his head just because he wants to. So I think that that's where people get it wrong and twisted and they kind of really need to understand that it's the same concept. So that's all I'm going to say about that. And no one is above the law. Exactly. Exactly. So this one was really interesting. I think we really needed to figure out what the in the actual bleep is going on in America. But I also think that this next week we're in for a wild ride. And I'm not sure that this is going to be the end of this, what the actual bleep is going on in America conversation. Yeah. I, I think we may have a part two, um, hopefully not as bad as part one, and hopefully uh, maybe prevented. But who knows? And you might hear some bleeps. So get ready for that, too. Thank you so much for joining the uh, the Cogent Code podcast again today. And we'll uh, we'll have some more for you soon. Peace. What you going to do? What you going to do?